0: back to another episode. Carrie and I's favorite thing to do in a week is record these podcasts. So we're super excited today. We have a longtime friend with us and actually the person who helps us produce this podcast. So Devin McDonald's here. here is owner and executive producer of Davinio Podcast. So welcome, Devin.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow. Um, and let's add voiceover expert to that. Yeah, we just learned. Talent. Yeah. He's
0: got yep. a whole. of Doing some
1: voiceovers. Mm-hmm. So. And you
2: can see his setup is much more professional. <laughs>
1: than
0: ours, so... <laughs> clearly knows what yeah. he's
1: doing. I'm doing voiceovers now. I have to you know, yeah. step up the game a little bit. So. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, well, let yes. me just give everyone a little bit of a quick bio, Devin, on what it is that you do. So with Devin's unique experiences a spanning across B2B market, content creation, audio visual, uh, video production, Devin has a unique outlook on B2B content creation. He's the founder and executive producer of Divino Podcasts. He's been helping B2B marketers create amazing podcasts and video experience for his clients, driving audience growth and engagement, which is exactly what he does do for us anyway. So thank (laughs) you.
2: (laughs) I love it. I love it. So Devin, thank you for joining us. I know it's the end of the week and we're uh, rolling into the weekend here later in the day for you on the East Coast. So tell us about yourself. What makes you tick and kind of how did you get here to be sitting on this podcast with us today?
1: Yeah, so for me, I'm... Uh, Long time audio engineer, I've always been fascinated with audio. I started off as a musician, was doing like the touring thing with the bands and all of that, and eventually decided that I wanted to kind of work in a studio. So I went to school for audio and kind of went down that route. What I realized during that journey was that business acumen was going to be a huge player. So then I went to school for business and ultimately started working in marketing and did that for 10 years working in B2B marketing. While I was working in B2B marketing, I was sort of toying around with audio and music production. And the job that I had was actually a two-hour drive with traffic. So I'd be in the car driving on this commute all day, and I got into audiobooks. It was something that was just kind of keeping me awake. Oh, That was the idea, was I'm gonna keep myself awake with these audiobooks. And I found very quickly that the audiobooks were putting me to sleep, actually. So I was like, there's, got, there's gotta be a better way. So I said, you know what? I could probably do a better job. And DeVenio Podcast actually started as Divinio Media. And I was creating audiobooks that had voice actors, characters, music, sound effects, the whole thing. Just a huge production. And we were doing this for sort of local authors and that's how it started what i realized is that it wasn't scalable it was something that just wasn't we were going to like audiobook conferences and things like that and it just it just wasn't scalable for us so meanwhile on the B2B marketing side in the day job, we had clients coming to us, hey, this podcasting thing, this podcasting thing. Now, I had been listening to podcasts for years and knew what it took to kind of put these together. So I just sort of started producing these podcasts on the side for these clients and eventually realized that I had to pivot because there was such a high demand for this and I had the expertise to do it. And we did that and we haven't looked back since. So that's kind of how this whole thing got started and we've been over the years pivoting even more we started getting into video and doing that and started with video podcasting now we're doing promotional videos and all of this stuff on site at event videos it's been a fun journey in incorporating media into the B2B space. So, And
0: are you just doing B2B, Devin, or do you do a little B2C
1: here and there? A little B2C here and there. There usually it's very, very rare, but it's mainly the B2B space, mainly because of, A, the network that I've accumulated over the course of my career, but also because of my expertise and sort of, you know, everything I do, I come strategy as well. It's not just point a camera at something. It's really I tried to kind of dive into the strategy behind things. And I have such a long history and background in B2B that it just it comes naturally. So
2: I have a question. What is your favorite podcast? I'm curious. (laughs) Like, what does Devin listen to? (laughs) I must know.
1: (laughs) <laughs> my favorite podcast, unfortunately, they kind of disappeared for a little bit and I'm hoping they pop back up. But I don't know if you've ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I love that. Mm, it's one of I've my been favorite shows. i that
2: one too. It's so yeah. funny. Those guys are hilarious.
1: They really are. And it's funny how the podcast, believe it or not, to me now is more funny than the show. Like I enjoy the podcast more than I enjoy the show at this point. So I don't know. They just kind of haven't posted an episode in a while and haven't really made any announcement regarding it. So hopefully they come back into the fold. But that's definitely my favorite podcast. Yeah. It feels like you're that. you're sitting in a room with them. And that's the goal of any podcast, really, yeah. is kind of make me feel like I'm sitting in the room with you. Yeah. So. I
2: feel that way with Smartless, too. You know, the three guys, like you're just kind of hanging out with them. And they're the ones where they had one of the actors or two of them, actually, and I can't remember their names right now from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia on their show. And they were talking about their podcast. And so then I pivoted over and I was like, Oh, my God, these guys are hilarious. There's <laughs> nothing like laughing, like laughing out loud when you're listening to a podcast. Yep. It's yeah. Like, you know, I listen to like you know, some of the political ones and the data ones and the self-help ones. You know, I got a whole library that I listen to, but the ones that make you laugh out loud are just the oh, best. Yeah. yeah. And
1: it's you know you got a good podcast when you find yourself week after week going to your buddies and you know, hey, did you did you listen to this week's episode? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Because I want to start riffing on some of the stuff they were talking about, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, so. it isn't smart listed. I think I just read recently, right? They got the largest contract, right? I think ever of a podcast. I think I read that. Those guys are making more money right now off the podcast than they do on acting, right? Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, like surprised.
2: something that they started, all the ads that they've got mm-hmm. are like top brands. It's yeah, yeah. it's, it's no, crazy. It's no joke, it's real money, real business.
1: Once you hit that 5 to 1% tile of podcasting, that's going to be your...
2: Dana, we got nowhere to go but up. There we go. Yeah,
0: We'll be the first B2B Uh, one to be up there, right? There you go. There you go.
2: There you go. We got
0: a little ways. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? Because... Nobody watches ads on TV anymore, right? Like we just right. we have all these services. I mean, like Tony was just telling me is like Amazon Prime now has commercials unless we pay another three dollars a month. And I was like, we'll pay the three dollars a month. I'm not <laughs> right, watching right, yeah. ads. This is ridiculous. So, but with a podcast, I mean, it's one of the few avenues these days where I mean, I know you can forward, but it's just if I'm in the car. I usually don't because I'm like, oh, where's my buttons? And so you just get through it, right? So I think that advertising options where you have a audience that is listening in and not moving from it, because let's be real, on digital, we're just scrolling, scrolling, and I move past it faster than, I just think they're limited these days, right? So I think it's the next best thing from television advertising.
2: And I like how some, some podcasters, they're the ones giving the ads. Like, so one of my favorites is new heights. Okay. You know, this is my Kelsey brothers (laughs) infatuation right now, but they do, you know, they just roll right into the ads, you know, B dubs. They're always talking about Buffalo (laughs) wow wings and all that. So you just, it's part of the show, right? So it doesn't feel like it's, yeah, yeah. And I can tell on, on smart when they're dropping, you know, when they've got product promotions that they're doing, that's not part of the advertising, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. Who's making money on that one? Right. But it, it is very, they make it part of the program and it doesn't feel intrusive yeah. in the way that like a TV program does. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Bill Burr, he's a comedian. He, yeah, he's he also does his podcast. He's, so he's funny. very funny. Yeah. yeah. And he he reads his podcast reads and he'll mess them up and you know, like and it turns into a, a comedy act as he's reading it off the cuff. So yeah, you, there's a lot you can do with it and makes it more engaging.
2: And it becomes multi-channel because on TikTok, you're seeing bits and pieces of podcasts and then it's like an episode on Netflix. And, you know, I think the impact is just far beyond what we could have imagined when you started this Devin, right? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely grown. So. Well,
2: I think that's a great lead in. Carrie, you want to take the
0: first question here because I think this yeah. is a good
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're really, you know, like the season this season as you know, Devin is around looking for opportunities, right? And and I think we're all looking for opportunities post whatever it was that we went through for the last four years. So clearly podcasts, a lot of our clients are doing it. What are the trends that you're seeing and What are the opportunities for you, for us, for our clients in podcasting aligned to those trends? And what makes a a trend impactful that kind of leads to a successful podcast? I think some of the stuff we've talked
1: about. Yeah. I really like the word opportunity here because there's a huge opportunity for B2B marketers, specifically in the podcasting space, to kind of take things to the next level. You know, like over the last three to five years, B2B marketers have sort of been experimenting and brands have been experimenting with with podcasting. And that's great. It's a great way to start. But we're hitting sort of this maturity point now. And I think that B2B marketers have an opportunity to get a little bit more sophisticated with the way that they're podcasting and taking it to the next level. One of the things that I see a lot is that B2B Brands will kind of jump into podcasting and they'll look at the podcast itself, whether it's a singular episode or the series as a whole, and they look at it as a piece of content. Right. And I think that that is sort of a misconception. The way we look at podcasting is that a podcast really is a channel rather than a piece of content your content that you're creating is within these episodes that you're feeding through this channel. And the beauty of podcasting is that this channel alerts people on their phones, in their pocket, when a new piece of content is published. So it's like the perfect channel to use to drive engagement immediately off your content. All
0: right. So, I mean, we were just talking earlier, Devin, right? That, because the other thing with B2B is they love derivative content, right? I mean, for B2B marketers, we're the amount of content we need to fuel our marketing initiatives is a lot. And often we don't have the same budgets. as a huge B2C brand or things of that nature. So I think the thing, like we mentioned, it's on social media, the clips, it's video, but video is the big thing that keeps coming up. Right. And so, you know, as we all watch videos or we listen to podcasts or we watch podcasts, right. Let's be real on that. What is the trend with video? Like, what are you seeing? Is it a necessity with podcasts? Just what are your thoughts? Around that? Yeah. So
1: 2024 is going, again, coming back to that term opportunity, 2024 is going to be a huge opportunity in the video space, specifically for podcasters. So, for those that sort of aren't in the podcasting industry, that aren't on top of current events and things like that. Google, it was announced last year that Google is going to, in April 2024, is going to be sunsetting their Google Podcast podcast player. And instead, they're going to start integrating podcasts into their YouTube music platform. And that is going to be Mm -hmm. their new podcast player. So now YouTube music is sort of up there with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. So what this means is that we all know already that YouTube is one of the largest search engines in the world. You know, people are always saying, if you wanna maximize your SEO, video is a huge tool. Well, now you're able to utilize YouTube with your podcast. So let's backtrack for a second. YouTube has always been in the fold. Right. You'd always be able to publish your podcast onto YouTube through API integrations. You'd have to get really techy, or you'd have to have a partner that would have these sort of API integrations that you can get your podcast up on YouTube. But now YouTube is sort of jumping into the fold natively, and now whenever you publish a new episode to your RSS feed, it's automatically published onto YouTube. So huge implications for for search. You're going to be able to tap into new audiences, people that are on YouTube that prefer video. That said, I still don't think that publishing your podcast and just utilizing the RSS feed to YouTube is the best way to go about it. And the reason for that is because if you're looking to tap into this new audience that, you know, they're a visual audience, they want to watch, they prefer to watch videos on YouTube, having a static logo on screen and your podcast episode playing as an audio only, it doesn't really stimulate The visual audience. So what I prefer to do is what we're doing right now, where we're recording our podcast episode for audio only, but we're simultaneously recording the video as well. And we're going to publish those separately on YouTube and on our podcast network. So the folks that prefer to listen to the audio in their car on their commute or while they're doing chores can listen to it on their podcast player. And that visual audience that relies on YouTube for their content can now watch the video, see the faces and really engage in the conversation the way they prefer to do it. So I think that that's sort of the way if we're gonna do YouTube, I would say that's the way to do it. And then the last sort of, I guess, benefit of YouTube is the social amplification. So this is something that you guys do. We do, we do it with you with the videograms and it's really just grabbing a snippet from an episode and something that's really intriguing that's gonna catch the attention of the people with the endless scroll. They're just, you know, what's gonna catch their attention. And encourage them to, hey, if you want to listen to this full conversation, check it out on your favorite podcast player or YouTube. You could watch it on YouTube. And the beauty of it is, again, social feeds are muted by default. So we animate transcription underneath. So you don't even need to listen to it. You could just read along and then that'll stop again the endless scroll. It'll catch your attention. You could read along and now, boom, we've got you. You can jump over to view the full episode. So I think video is a huge tool that's being underutilized right now by podcasters. And I think is, again, we're talking about the opportunity to mature as a podcast. That's sort of part of that next step.
0: It's interesting because last weekend I was looking for a podcast podcast. I was in the car and it was a certain one. It was a topic with a certain podcast I knew was on there and I had an hour and a half drive. So I searched for it. And what's funny is the first thing that came up was the YouTube. And so I ended up, I was in a hurry. So I ended up playing the YouTube video. Like my phone was sitting on there so I could get it going because I didn't have time to search through the pot. It just wasn't coming up that way. So it is interesting that you say that. I mean, it was, that was like the very first, it was a top search.
1: Dana, I do it all the time. I (laughs) run YouTube in my car off to the side. You know, it's just I'm not watching. I'm just listening. That's very real. And not to mention, we didn't even talk about the SEO benefits on your website, too. I mean, if you are embedding these videos on your website, that's a whole other benefit for SEO as well. So, yeah, it's a huge Mm -hmm. factor. And if you do it intelligently and you have the right SEO strategy and integrate it into your overall SEO strategy... I think it could be a huge tool for B2B marketing teams.
0: Devin, like, do you think the audiences are different? Like, do you think the people who watch versus listen are different types of individuals? Are they, or are they some people, some days you want to watch it, some days you listen? What do you normally see?
1: Yeah. No, I think there's a Venn diagram. There's definitely a group of people that consume both. But then there are people that are, I just watch YouTube. I just listen to podcasts. So, again, the beauty of what we're doing here is that we're capturing that whole Venn diagram. Something
2: for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't watch YouTube, so I am 100 percent, you know, but but I will do what you said is I pick it up on TikTok and then I'll go to... I'll go to the podcast app and look for it. So, so yeah. for
1: me, going back, you know, I've been listening to a podcast since 2012, 2013. And for years, I listened on the Pocket Cast app. That was my app of choice. Maybe Apple Podcasts as well. But over the last three or so years, to be honest, as more and more podcasts have come onto the YouTube platform, I use YouTube yeah. almost exclusively. Isn't so, that
2: interesting? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we have to do all the things, right? To capture, yeah. Yeah. To Absolutely. capture the habits of our audience. I'm I curious, exactly. too, if the
0: demographics lean more male watch versus listen to, just because all of my boys in the house are like, we have a subscription to YouTube. They only watch YouTube, right? So I don't so know. That's
1: really interesting. Because the demographic for podcast listenership, it's 52% female. Really? I believe it's just yeah. over the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what that breaks out to yep. on YouTube. That's a good question. Let's yeah. face
2: it, we're multitaskers. We are yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. multitasking goddesses, yep. so we can't just sit down and watch it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasts, right? Oh, I the love multitask. It. So, I love yeah. it.
2: I love it. So as we're talking about trends, Devin, when we met up before... We had a discussion around ABM and how clients are using podcasting for ABM. So can you share your insights there? I think our audience will will be intrigued.
1: Yeah, this is something that we actually talk about a lot at B2B when we're having conversations with folks. And I love seeing... B2B marketers eyes light up like, whoa, I didn't I (laughs) just never thought of it that way. Right. Like because the traditional path of I'm going to create a podcast is I'm going to create an audience and I'm going to deliver content to that audience and I'm going to hope to drive them down the funnel to a landing page, convert on that person. That's the sort of the traditional model. But we've worked with clients where they're not even concerned with that, like the audience isn't they don't even we provide analytics at the end of every month on how your podcast is doing. And they, they just don't even care about that. <laughs> their main focus is relationship building with the folks that they're having on their podcast. And they have a whole strategy around this, which is amazing. I mean, the foundation of podcasting is relationship building. Right. So. You're building a relationship traditionally, like I said before, with an audience, and you can do that with the guests as well. So what B2B marketers are doing in this sort of model is putting together an ABM list, essentially putting together an account list and that account list could be target accounts of non existing clients or clients that may have gone dark for a while. You've worked with them a few years ago. Maybe there was some churn, some shuffling around of folks over there and your main contact is no longer there and you wanna sort of get your foot in the door. This is a great opportunity to do that because people love to talk about themselves, right? And their brands. So, hey, we wanna have you on our show. We wanna talk to you about your expertise and we'd love to have you on. And people are, it's a very sort of non threatening way to reach out to people. And they're very um, flattered, uh, flattered, right? They're very flat. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an honor. So, (laughs) Yeah, it's an honor. So you have them come on the show. And now you're relationship building. You're having that pre-recording discussion, the post-recording discussion. You're talking about co-marketing, you know, things like this. And sort of now your foot's in the door. And next thing you know, you're talking about what your Q4 looks like, you know? So it's. It's definitely an underutilized strategy in podcasting that kind of, again, gets forgotten about, or not, that's not the right term. But basically, it's sort of like I said, when I'm on the show floor at B2BMX. People's eyes light up. It's like, whoa! That's something I never thought about before. So,
0: well, because I think a couple of things. I think one that people, they're immediate. Like when they're starting a podcast, they go to people they know, right? Like who do we know? Who are influencers? Who are like? So we all go to that space. Like every vertical, every industry has those key people that they're like, oh, I'll get them on the show, and that's going to help me drive traffic. And so I think, I think we just don't think that way, right? And when you talked right. to us about it, we were like, well, that's kind of a Moment. But yeah, like why didn't we think (laughs) of that? But I also think like for B2B marketers, and I hope they hear this today it's so hard to get case studies. It's like, Carrie and I have created content for a long time, I know you have too, but people don't need the same approval processes to be on a podcast. So let's also be real. If somebody is on your podcast, it's pretty likely they're a client of yours. So even if we're not gonna talk specifically about the solution we put in place, but we're just talking, people can like connect the dots, right? And I think that's the whole point is it's also giving you that whole case study kind of content with our clients to kind of prove that this is our network. Right. And so it just helps you as as a business grow. And it's just easier for them, like you said, because it's more like I'm going to talk about myself. So they just don't have that same pressure. They don't feel like they need to get all of the approvals. It's just easier. People say yes right away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, this whole ABM strategy side, when we speak to new clients and they're like, we're kind of planning the strategy behind their their new season. The question is, well, how am I going to get all this content? The low hanging fruit is, well, who are your clients? Like, let's bring your clients on and start to having conversations with them. I think the next step there is the fruit that's kind of a little bit higher in the tree would be the ABM list of accounts that maybe you're targeting, right? So taking a look at sort of who are these accounts? Again, it's sort of a non-threatening way of getting in touch with the representatives at those accounts, having them on the show, starting a new, these these could be people that you haven't had a conversation with at all yet, you know, and now you're sparking that conversation and relationship building. It's sort of building a foundation. It's pretty incredible tool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that leads into another question that we've got on here, which is perfect, is kind of the ROI of this, right? And I think in B2B, Well, B2C is just bigger numbers all the time, right? I mean, we know that, we know cost per clicks, everything comes down. B2B is just, it's more expensive. And so I think when we start looking at podcasts, I know, Devin, all three of us have had this conversation before is, how do we start proving ROI? And I know a few years ago, that was much harder than it is now, right? And I know that you've gotten some new tools and ways to do that. So tell us a little bit about how you're seeing B2B companies being able to measure the success. And, And it may not always be, direct to money but how, how should we look at this as marketers how should we be measuring what should we be looking for ultimately
1: yeah it's funny because again we go back to that we were talking earlier about maturity level it's time for podcasters to grow up that usually occurs when our bosses are saying why are we doing this podcast where's the roi right you need to have answers to those questions Up until now, there hasn't really been a good answer. Even subscription numbers are, because of the way RSS feeds work, and there's so many different platforms that people can listen to podcasts on, to get an accurate subscriber number, it's just not possible right now. So what hosting platforms have done is come up with this intricate mathematical equation where they kind of gauge engagement, they'll kind of come up with an engagement number, and they'll take their best guess at what a subscriber count looks like for you. So even that hasn't been figured out yet. So how are you supposed to prove the value of this media channel to your boss, to your team, so on and so forth? There's now an opportunity for B2B marketers to fully integrate their podcast efforts into their overall content marketing strategy and tech stack. So up until now, we've kind of come up with some strategies on tracking. It had a lot to do with sort of Google UTM codes and using query strings and URLs to track sort of anonymous podcast listeners, driving them to web page landing pages and tracking with query strings. So the good news is now we have some like amazing tools that we can use to take this anonymous listenership and identify them and track their journey across the entire funnel from first listen all the way through to final sale through the whole sales cycle. And to do this, we've partnered with Casted and we've come up with this advanced hosting plan that not only does all of the traditional hosting that is done with normal podcast hosting but now gives us these advanced tools to and that we can integrate into overall marketing tech stack content strategy things like that and now because we can track this data and this journey we can now track attribution, we can track ROI, and we can have these answers when our team, our boss come to us and say, why are we doing this podcast? Well, here's why. Here's here's how many sales we were able to drive based on the listenership that we have. And obviously, the more you know, the better you're going to be able to position your content in that podcasting channel to drive better results at the end of the day. So... Yeah.
2: Boom. Yeah. That's the
0: magic sauce there. Uh, Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Well, and we've been lucky enough to see a demo of this. Devin showed it to us, and it's pretty amazing tech. I mean, you know, Carrie and I are looking at tech partners all day long in the B2B space. And I think for the most part, you see something and you go, yeah, everyone's doing a similar version of this. You know, we've got ABM tools, we've got Intentate, all that stuff. This was a really big missing component, I think, on the content side for B2B marketers. And, you know, as we talk to clients about doing podcasts, especially in today's world, right? I think in the moment we've got right now, which is kind of a weird moment for B2B marketing teams, there's more pressure than ever on them to show some sort of results with their money. And so I think, I mean, the tool's impressive. This is not an ad forecasted, but it should be. We should have pre-sold this before. <laughs>
1: um, but I
0: do think, I mean, I think it's huge because, I mean, like Devin, up until now, there hasn't been anything like it, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty Dad, game-changing, then. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. When we got kind of talking with Casted to put this package together, I was blown away by the offering here. It was just uh, this is something that I know that our clients have been asking for for a long time. And like I said, I've had some answers. We've been able to kind of I call it duct tape something together so that we can track as best we can. But the fact that we can kind of now connect the dots between all right, this person listened to an episode on account-based marketing and you know, 2 days later they landed on this landing page where they downloaded an ebook on account-based marketing, you know, this is what B2B marketers have been asking for. And going back to the start, this is the chance for B2B marketers to really grow up, to take that next step in the maturity level. And it's not sort of this thing I'm experimenting with anymore. We're taking this seriously now and we're fully integrating it into our overall strategy.
2: Yeah. I think the ROI component is critical. For me, looking at our clients and the we create a lot of static content for. Sometimes the gap in understanding is how is it being consumed, how often, which pieces are being consumed more. And so when you're looking at podcast topics, you have a lot more insight. I mean, I know with ours, it's like, okay, looking at all the episodes and how people are listening consecutively or not, which ones hit, which ones missed, which ones do we need to go back and maybe remarket, reposition it, you know? So I think even at the base level of, taking a look at what your audience wants to hear and wants to learn more about, it's very evident by using podcasting. Well, and Carrie, I think that's
0: like a really good point, right, because, you know, if you think about it, I might click on a piece of content, even download it, fill out a form, and I may never, ever go back into it. But if I click on a podcast, I'm going to listen to it, right? There's yep. not this like, I didn't click on it and it go in, it starts saving Save playing. it for later. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's, I do think in general, I mean, you know, people are always asking us, It's the funniest question that people ask us on a weekly basis. What's new? What do you got? And I'm always like, well, let's be real, guys. The world of marketing in our toolbox doesn't change that much from week to week or year to year even. But I do think the shift in content, and we're seeing it with interactive content, Saros, just dynamic social media, video, podcasts, that at some point static content goes away, guys. The the process of downloading a piece of content to my download box and then thinking somebody's going back in and reading it is, is archaic, right? And and I think with AI searchability and discoverability, all of it, the more content that we have is web-based, the more content that we have is dynamic is where the trend is going. And and B2B, as to your point, is I think the stat used to be traditionally five years behind. I hope that's not the case anymore, but I think they have to figure out how to catch up because we may be in the B2B world, but we consume content just like a consumer because we are consumers in our normal lives, right? And so I think that that shift is gonna have to happen a little more quickly here.
1: So it's funny that you mentioned the whole example of downloading a piece of content and then never just kind of sitting there in your download box. So real talk here, there was a big, big situation back in September. I think it was September or October where Apple Podcasts, without really making an announcement, changed the way they're tracking downloads. Up until that point, they had uh, auto download. They were counting auto downloads. So if you subscribe to a podcast, each new episode would auto download. Download to your phone. Some people were not listening to those episodes, but they were being counted as listens. So when they changed the whole format and they said, we're only going to count people that are actually listening to the podcast, not auto downloads. So they changed it, and there was a huge drop off on numbers, and it had a large effect on advertisers who were working with podcasts. Because now, all of a sudden, their listenership goes down and advertisers are like, whoa, this wasn't what we were discussing, what we were talking about. Now, when I read that, my first thought was, how has nobody asked this question before? (laughs) I was baffled by how advertisers weren't asking this question. It was just baffling to me. But a lot of folks were worried and this is a bad thing and blah, 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 blah. I thought of this as a really good thing because like I said before, the more you know, the better decisions you're going to be able to make. And now we have more accurate data. We know that this is an accurate look at who's listening to our podcast. So before it was, there could be a mixture of people in there that are downloading the ebook and letting it sit in their download folder. Whereas now we are in a spot where any download listed there, any listen listed there, we know they're listening to the podcast. They actually consume the content.
0: That's fascinating. I mean, well, that's the like, they're like subscribe, 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 because the minute you subscribe, then you're getting the downloads. -downloads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's
2: so interesting. Hmm. Yep. Fascinating. Boy, we've learned a lot today, huh, Dana? I know. <laughs> I, I know. love when he says real talk. We're like, yeah, let's get real. <laughs> <laughs> let's get real. Come on, Devin. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as we kind of wrap up, we've taken a lot of your time today. You know, Dana and I have just a couple questions that we typically ask our guests. So, so tell us what is on the roadmap for Davino podcasts. What do you have cooking right now that's new?
1: Yeah. No, we're really excited. At the end of February, we're going to be at BDBMX. You guys will be at yeah. the to BMX as well so very excited to see you this is something we do every year we love going down there it's a great show or over there, I should say, on the West Coast. (laughs) It's a great show. It feels like a sort of a family reunion every time we're there. So very excited to do that. We're gonna be on the show floor recording podcast episodes on the show floor, doing some video production stuff on site as well. For those of you that haven't heard of the show, definitely check out the B2BMX podcast. We produce that show for them. It's a great entry point into what the show is all about. And if you like that content, definitely check out the show because it's an amazing experience. So we'll be there traveling. We're going to Austin and doing some work for you guys, on-site video shoots, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of exciting travel coming up. I've actually never been to Austin and it's a huge oh, music town. Yeah. I'm a huge yeah, music it's a huge guy, huge guy. So huge music town.
2: Yeah, huge music I'm town. very
1: excited. So awesome. it's yeah. going to be a good time.
0: That's great. Lots of fun things. Yeah. All right. So, Carrie, I'm laughing at the beginning of the podcast. You asked Devin what his favorite podcast was. And so, you know, we always do this fun question. And my first thing goes to hockey. And it should have been, what's your favorite podcast? Because that's the theme of the show. So it just tells you where my mind was. I was like, oh, when Carrie said that, I was like, that probably belonged there. But that's okay. So we covered that at the beginning. And now we can talk about what's important, which is hockey. So I feel like We've had a lot of hockey fans on the show this year. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So we've been able to talk about this. So Devin and I go way back. So we talk about hockey a lot. So we're in February. Do we have early predictions? Carrie, your team is not holding on like I thought they would. But we <laughs> broke
2: the Oilers' streak. You did. So that's huge. That's a big that thing. a big one. Yep. And the Kraken were happy to see that. Oh, I we were that. very happy. Yep. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> mm. yeah.
1: They were getting scary. They were yeah. definitely getting scary. <laughs> yeah, I would love to tell you that my Rangers, I see them as my top pick. If we go back to November, that'd probably be it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so sure anymore, to be completely honest. That said, coming out of the All-Star break, they've looked a lot better. So maybe I'm kind of coming back on to the, on the train here okay. and, and saying, like, you know what? They're going to do it this year it really depends on what happens at the trade deadline. Yeah. So mm. yeah. I'm rooting for them. I am rooting for them this year. I, I normally don't get excited. For anybody that's a Ranger fan, we're self-loathing. We don't ever <laughs> feel like it's gonna happen. But this year, I'm a little bit more than cautiously optimistic, nice. let's put it that way. Nice. So, well,
0: yeah. Kraken had a terrible start to the year. They turned around definitely at the Winter Classic, right? So is yeah. killing it. So I think, I guess, too bad for Grubauer, who's been demoted, I think.
1: (laughs) Well, this is the right time, right? I mean, I said this in the beginning of the year where everybody was like, how great is this? The Rangers, amazing, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, it's the wrong time of the year to be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: Well, so many injuries, right, on our team, you know, unprecedented amount of injuries. And, you know, it's like, you know, you got to play it for the long haul. It's, um, you know, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. Her. So Dana, what do you think about Flurry? Do you think, you know, we've heard rumors that he's gonna leave the Blackhawks and go to the Oilers? Well I mean Did the- you hear that? <laughs>
0: I mean, you feel so bad for the Blackhawks, right? I mean, Bedard is their like shining star right now. I mean, it's I mean he's incredible. Do you know he scored more goals than any other player I think on the Blackhawks, even with his break after breaking his jaws. So I mean, this kid, this kid is phenomenal. I mean, he really is. It's funny because Blackhawks have come to Seattle twice, and everybody is there to see Bedard, right? It's like it's everybody just wants to see him. Now both games he didn't really make much happened. So it wasn't like great for like, you're all excited to see his work. But yeah, I mean, I would bail too. I mean, Jesus, it's like,
1: Speaking of Chicago, I, I forgot about this, Dana. That's the original, right? Yeah. Chicago. My husband um, is still
0: diehard Blackhawks. So. He'll even wear Blackhawks hats, right? Heard rumors. while so. he's managing Ian's Kraken game, <laughs> the, the, one of the parents bought him a Kraken game one day, or it bought him a hat at the store and said, you can't wear that Blackhawks hat dude. in the
1: booth. Because
0: he was doing the scorekeeping, he's like, yeah.
1: How do you feel? So Chicago was my West Coast team. I always rooted for Chicago as my West Coast team. Kane is probably my favorite active player right now. I think the only other favorite player I had was Zetterberg. And ironically, now Kane is on Detroit. And when he went to Detroit, I had so many mixed feelings on it because I'm a he wasn't coming back to the Rangers. B, it's Detroit, right? I so know. like, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? We
0: were hoping he was going to come to the Kraken, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think the whole Blackhawks thing, you know, Tays and came together for so long. You know, my son is a huge Taze fan. I just think like when that broke up and like when Tays got, it was just so sad in general, right? I think like, I mean, let's be real. The Blackhawks made some. I mean, they had one of probably the best teams ever in history for a while. I mean, just incredible players. And so it's, you know, they're definitely in a rebuilding. So I think it'll be interesting to see if, you know, they can take Bedard and do, because that is some of the they're speculation, the right, right? right? They're like, yeah. he... That's where Kane and Taze started together, right? And they started like that young and they came up. So they clearly have a knack for doing it. Can they do it again? I mean, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. But I mean, they
1: look like they're making the right choices. Yeah. I mean, Bedard <laughs> is uh, yeah. pretty exciting to watch. Well, you have to be it. at the
0: bottom to get the best. I mean, I guess yeah. in the draft. So that worked in their favor. But I think so, I mean, I think like I mean, how many years do you think Kane even has left, really? I mean
1: Yeah, not many. I mean Especially after the surgery you just have Bad, yeah. you know, So those aren't easy to recover from either. Like hip stuff is, is rough. So. so, guys,
2: I think we need to have a spin off podcast here. On yeah. B, B2B uh, view on yep. uh, the NHL. <laughs> yep. Clearly, we're, we're tapping into something yep. here.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We'll love get
0: Bren it. and Lindsay involved in yeah. it from Found and they can there. It. So I, I don't know. I, well, I know because you edited it, the Found podcast. So Bren, who is on that, she played hockey yeah. goalie and she actually went like did a billet family, I believe, and did played seriously in college and then took some time off. But yeah, we definitely have some clear hockey fans in our universe, <laughs> Carrie. Yep.
1: We're going oh, We're going to visit Carrie it.
0: in April and we're going to see a Vegas game, My Youngest is super yeah, that's excited. Awesome.
1: So, yeah, who yeah. Are,
2: I forgot who they're I, playing. We're seeing Vegas. I can't in- remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But I did get the gold sparkly jersey. jersey? So I'm excited nice. to wear that in front <laughs> of Ian. I'm like, woo, this completes my wardrobe. But, you know, right now, guys, it's... NFL like up to here in Vegas right now. Yeah, it's like there's imagine. no hockey on the it's, radar. Yeah. There's no hockey. Yep. Nobody's talking hockey this week. Yep. It's been insane. So yeah, we got to get past uh, Sunday and then yeah, then we can and go, and back we'll back
0: back. Then we go back to hockey season. Then we can go back to hockey. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Awesome. Oh, good. Well, this has been so much fun, Devin. We really appreciate you coming on. We appreciate your partnership. We love the work you do. And if any listeners want to do podcasts after this, give us a call. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get some stuff going.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This is, I'm usually a behind the scenes guy. So it's nice to come out of the cave a little bit and (laughs) get in front of the camera. Love working with you guys as always. It's so much fun. So appreciate everything.
2: We love you too, Devin. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks and that's as real as it's getting with this episode thanks for joining our host Dana Harder and Carrie Baldwin with Unreal Digital Group in this podcast Marketing Gets Real where we talk to savvy leaders who seek change adapt to it and leverage it as an opportunity if you're loving these oh shit tell it how it is conversations then please subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast from until next time